welcome to the Debbie Big Board, part of the Rookie Big Board Network. I'm your host, Skip Newton, and joining me is my co-host, Matt Cooper. Matt, we're already past the 4th of July. How, how was the holiday? It was great, you know, got breakfast with some friends from work and uh, then kind of chilled at home for most of the day, grilled my family some dinner, and then we went to... Uh, the town was putting on this kind of festival with food trucks and live music and fireworks and all that. So it was actually a pretty eventful evening. We had uh, the storm blow in while we were all out on the field. So we all had to run into this like stuffy high school gym while the storm blew through and then went back out for the fireworks. So a little, a little exciting. I like that. Not (laughs) bad. Yeah. We, we always spend the fourth up at my dad's cabin and get a lot of, a lot of fishing in a lot of, a lot of games. So good times but came home early this morning my daughter had to had to work today so i did a little work myself but man it's it's good to be back it's been a while Uh, once again i'm blaming dwight it's it's always his (laughs) fault so it's easy to blame him when he's not here right i just i like doing that i think i'm gonna bring his name up in every single podcast i possibly can all right today let's talk about a bunch of questions we're gonna do a mailbag episode we reached out to our rookie big board patrons and had a few questions from them. I, I got a few other ones I threw on there as well. So we're going to get into that and just kind of talk about Debbie and see, see if we can help people out from that perspective. But before we get into today's show, I want to talk about the ridiculous value of being a rookie big board patron. RBB patrons have access to the dynasty plus Debbie big board and consensus crew rankings, the 2024 rookie big board, 2023 seasonal projections. And of course the RBB discord, you can join our growing community at patreon.com slash rookie big board for just $3 a month or save 15% with an annual subscription. That is just $30, which is cheaper than the money that I spent on fishing, you know, between gas and bait and all that good stuff. Definitely cheaper than that. However, it was well worth it. I had an awesome, (laughs) awesome weekend. So Without further ado, we're going to get into the first question. This is from Raza Delta. Uh, thank you, Raza. I actually sent in a couple of ones. So first one on on the docket for today, what are some 2026 prospects to look out for? So this would be the incoming freshmen who are eligible in 2026. Who, who do you have on your list, Matt? I'm going to go with some five stars that um... – you know, that's not rocket science to anybody. You could go to 24-7 website rankings and look at the five-star offensive players. But even from amongst them, there's ones that I like better than others. Uh, we'll start with the quarterback position. I know you and I are both a huge fan of Dante Moore. He's my QB1 in the class. Uh, I just think he's he's got a really quick release, seems to process the field very quickly, has a lot of kind of intangibles, just toughness, leadership, things like that. So he looks great. I'm pretty excited about him as a prospect. Uh, the other big names are Malachi Nelson and uh, Arch Manning, who you know are great in and of themselves, but I have Dante Moore ahead of those guys. Um, at the wide receiver position, I would say that my favorites at this point are Carnell Tate and Brandon Ennis, the Ohio State guys, I, I think both of those will be involved early and often. Uh, maybe not often because, you know, you still got Egbuka and Harrison there. But I, I think they'll both be inv- involved enough as freshmen. 
and uh, and then obviously Ohio State has a pretty good history of turning five star prospects into really good NFL players. And uh, another one I'll add to the mix is Jonte Cook. I'm pretty high on Jonte Cook from Texas. And lastly, I'll look at the running back position, and I'll go with Cedric Baxter at Texas, who could be the heir apparent to Bijan Robinson. And uh, Justice Haynes at Alabama is getting a lot of camp hype, looked really good in the spring game. So uh, those are some names that are kind of at the top of my board as far as the 2026 prospects go. Yeah, I like that. And I, I really like how you you let off with, you know, talking about five-star prospects and it, it sounds obvious. It sounds intuitive, but there, there's a reason why they're five stars and they're just so elite as, as a prospect in, you know, the, the statistics have shown that a higher percentage of five stars make it into mm-hmm. the NFL than, than any other, you know, ranking. And, Sure, you're going to see see a lot of four star and three star athletes in the NFL, but from a percent hit standpoint, it's it's not even close. So, you know, yeah, start there. I mean, especially if if you're in in shallower you know Devi leagues, you you really got to rely on on the resources that are out there. And and you know, I'm a big 24 seven, you know, guys well. And, and that's kind of what I use for, you know, my beginning of, of my evaluation. And mm-hmm. those, those people know what they're doing. I mean, they just, they spend Absolutely. all the time watching these guys. So, you know, don't, don't just, you know, throw it to the side. I mean, it's, it's, it's out there. It's a great resource. And then of course, you know, you've got, you know, the various, you know, podcasts and sites out here, you know, hopefully mm-hmm. you're a rookie big board, you know, you're, you're using that one as well. You know, you mentioned the quarterbacks. I, I agree with with all three of those. You know, yeah, we've we've talked about Dante Moore, love him, Malachi Nelson, and and Arch Manning. But you know, the other one that seems to be up there too, and and a lot of people are high on him is is Nico Iamaleva Maleva mm-hmm. going to te- Tennessee, and there, there's an opportunity there. I'm not saying you know from a, starting as a freshman, I don't think that's going to happen. But but there's an opportunity after this one season, and he's he's turning a lot of heads and, and people like, you know, his attributes. So I think, you know, that's a guy that you, you want to pay attention to yeah, back actually. to the, the, the five-star thing and, and Debbie, you know, especially a quarterback, you know, I, I have always cautioned people, you know, be, be a little, you know, cautious on, on quarterbacks. It feels like these, these top five-star quarterbacks go early in, in Debbie mm-hmm. drafts and the hit rate, you know, for quarterback is, is a lot less than it is for, for other positions. And, and we're going to, we're going to get into the second question a little bit, you know, I'll get into more of it when we ask that, but, but you know, that it's, it's a tough hit rate. I mean, you, you, you know, for every Caleb Williams, you're going to get a DJ Uyunglele and, and you gotta, you gotta make sure that, <laughs> that you're, you're not just, you know, throwing the dart there when, when there's top prospects, you mentioned, you know, some wide receivers, you know, and I love all of those guys. I am, I am extremely high on the wide receiver class in Mm -hmm. 2026. So that's where I've been, been focusing a lot of my resources when it comes to, to Debbie, Um, Zachariah branch. Yep. I think he's fantastic. Absolute stud. Um, I I am so high on him. I don't care that he's a little bit smaller, you know, five ten, you know, one seventy two. I think he is as explosive an athlete as we've seen, 
Mm-hmm. And when he's getting comped to Tyreek Hill, that means something to me. So, so mm-hmm. he's a big one. I love innocent Tate at Ohio state, John T. cook, you mentioned, and you know, even Ohio state has Noah Rogers who people are like, I mean, as well. So it's, you know, the rich get richer at Iowa state. <laughs> I mean, talk about wide receiver you. So definitely some, some guys there. You mentioned Baxter, you know, I'm, I'm still holding out hope for my guy, Jaden, uh, Jaden blue, but, but you're right. I mean, Baxter could be the, the next guy at Texas, you know, justice Haynes at, at Alabama. I I'm very high on the other Alabama recruit, uh, Richard young. I, I just, I loved watching his, his film. I think he looks really good. And then Ruben Owens at Texas A&M is mm-hmm. another, another guy to go a little deeper. Um, yeah. I went a little I like, smaller, but he's definitely, he's very electric. Yeah. And, and I like a, a Dalen Smothers. He's just a three-star uh, going to Oklahoma, but really loved his film. Wow. Again, really he's smaller, 5'11", 182. So you gotta be, gotta be careful there. Um, if you're, you're talking, you know, depth at quarterback and again you got to be in deeper leagues to take a shot at these incoming freshmen but there was one and i'm hoping i can find the name because it's just on the tip of my tongue i'm gonna i'm gonna get to it later i i know i'll find it but it's it's just escaping me but but yeah those are those are the 2026 guys mm-hmm. that that i'm most excited about and, and you know as we get f- farther in there's gonna be gonna be more guys of course that we'll, we'll start mm-hmm. to pay attention to but I think the the quarterback class is exciting and the wide receivers are very exciting. So that those are the two positions I like yeah. the best. Sometimes it's good too to know who not to draft, right? So if you're going to 24-7 and you're looking at all the five stars, um, one guy I think might be a trap is Hakeem Williams at Florida State. Um, you're going to see him ranked pretty high on the 24-7 rankings, but reports are that he's come in overweight at camp uh, already. And if you look at his tape, it's a lot of like – he was just a better athlete than the other high school players he was going up against. I don't see a lot of refined route running or anything like that. And so combine uh, the need for development with maybe the lack of history of FSU cranking out NFL wide receivers with the fact that he's coming in overweight. That's one guy who has that five-star ranking who I'm probably not taking a lot of shots on. So. Yep. Yeah. I, I like that. That's a, it's a great point. Um, the quarterback's name I was searching for was Lenoris sellers at South Carolina. So six, three, two four star prospect. And is that extreme mm-hmm. high athlete quarterback? So, you know, you're, you're taking a shot in the, in the dark there because you're, you're going down the list, mm-hmm. but you know, if it's, a, if it's a deeper Debbie league or if it's a, a campus to Canton league, you know, look into that Lenora sellers. Cause he could be, he could be a guy that, you know, who knows if, if the, if the athleticism plays itself out on the field, you know, we've seen what happens with guys like that in, in the NFL, they're, they're starting to, to really figure out how to utilize guys like, you know, Jalen hurts, you know, Anthony Richardson goes, you know, really high in the draft. You've got, um, you know, Lamar Jackson, of course, you know, it's, it's not, it's not like it was 20 years ago, with, with these athletic quarterbacks where unless you were a freak like Vic athletically, you, you weren't going to, going to make it happen. I mean, they're, these guys are, they're becoming more and more common. And of course they're awesome for, for, for fantasy football. Cause they, they just rack up the stats. So yeah, those are the 2026 prospects. The, the next question from Raza Delta, when looking for Debbie players to draft, what's the position to target when attempting to get the most bang for your buck on an investment? 
That's a great question. I think I think I'm going to lean wide receiver. Um, now, there's a lot of different ways that you could approach this. So, in terms of bang for your buck, like a quarterback has the highest ceiling, right? If you're playing in super flex leagues, they're scarce. If that quarterback hits, he becomes an extremely valuable asset. Um, so maybe in terms of ceiling play, a quarterback could be the most bang for your buck. But I also feel like there's a much higher risk and bust percentage with quarterbacks than there are at any other position. And so typically I'm not taking quarterbacks really high in Debbie drafts unless it's somebody that's shown me something uh, like I'm not, I'm not gonna take one of these five-star freshmen in the first round of a Debbie draft. Um, so probably not even honestly till at least the third round of a Debbie draft. Am I touching uh, an unproven freshman or even like a Drew Allar who hasn't stepped on the field yet? So these unproven guys, like I'm waiting on them. Uh, I'll, I'll go get the Caleb Williams and the Drake May, and then I'll. I'll let everybody else just see who falls to the third round. Um, yeah, I'm later. the same way. Um, running backs, they are one of the safer positions, I guess, in terms of, you know, the really high rank, the number one guy in the class tends to be a really good investment, especially. Um, but, you know, more and more we're seeing these guys. I mean, Zach Evans was somebody that was a Debbie asset for forever who we thought was such a stud. And then pre-draft process hits and all of a sudden six-round draft pick. Uh, and there's going to be misses at every position, so you can't cherry pick. But I think the NFL is falling out of love with running backs. And so they're falling later and later and later in the NFL draft. And it takes somebody really, really special to be a first-round pick these days. Um so whereas wide receivers, you're going to see six or seven of those guys taken in the first round most years, uh, at least five. I mean, I guess the last couple of years it's been it's been more. But anyway, I, I think you're seeing more wide receivers drafted earlier and more of them hitting earlier in their NFL career. And tight ends don't take tight ends. So yeah, <laughs> right, total crapshoot. But yeah, I think wide receiver is your best bet at like hitting on. If you, if you draft that five-star wide receiver, especially if he looks really good as a route runner, if you have time to sit and watch tape and, and you see refined route running skills, that to me is is the thing that I'm looking for. Uh, if he's got the recruiting pedigree and he looks like a great route runner and there's a path to opportunity, perfect. That seems like a pretty good bet that you're going to have somebody that's taken at minimum day two in the NFL draft. Yeah, a couple of years ago, I would have said running back, easily no argument you know any other any other position now i i am more leaning at least more towards the wide receiver side i i still think running backs you know maybe it's because i think they're easier to to scout and predict where you know, you, mm-hmm. you just can can see it on on film you know the, you know they get the ball in their hands and they just have it and and it's it usually translates really well to, to college when when they get in there. And while the NFL doesn't you know you know draft them as high consistently as wide receivers, they they still you know they still need running backs. They they still you know become great assets for your fantasy team. And you know the thing to remember too in Debbie is if you if you draft a guy you know let's say you, you take a shot on on Haynes at Alabama. And he sees the field his freshman season and he looks really good. 
his value is going to immediately go up. And now you've got mm-hmm. options. You don't, you don't have to hold on to him and wait until he finally gets into the NFL in 2026 and, right. and see where he gets drafted. You know, you can trade him and, and take yeah. your, take your win right now. So I, I think you could have traded Zach Evans at any point over the last couple of years, and you would have gotten a huge haul. Sean Tucker, same deal. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, you know, that, as we talk through this, it kind of feels like that may be the, the best strategy with these guys, you know, and unless, unless it's a B. John Robinson, unless it's a Jameer Gibbs, where you know their draft capital was was fairly, you know, set in stone. I mean, there was no doubt that Bijan was going round one. I think I think Gibbs going as high as he did was a little bit of a surprise, but but he wasn't going to get out of round two. I mean, he he was really good, and so you know, unless it's those guys, yeah. I mean, if you can get you know you can get something you know for a a big name running back. Yeah, you know, that's doing really well in college, go for it. And and you 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 get you'll get your value coming back there. Um, you know, the the next question, and, and this kind of kind of gets into that. This is from Bex, is how do you balance Devies on a win now team? So an example, you know, he says he's in a couple of leagues with really limited bench spots, and he struggles with how many, you know, Devi players do you roster while having enough NFL players, you know, for the depth that's needed to have a, a successful fantasy football team. This, this is a great question. Yeah, it is a great question. And I would say sell those Debbie assets. Um, if you're in a win now mode, they, they're not scoring you points. All you're doing is holding risk. Like, yeah, of course you want to have a pipeline come in for the future of your NFL team. You don't want to like trade all your Debbie assets and get a bunch of like, Austin Eckler and Devonte Adams, you know, guys that are kind of on their last leg. Um, you want to stay a little bit balanced. Um, but that being said, those guys that are Debbie assets, I mean, we just talked about a few, I mean, Zach Evans, Sean Tucker, tank Bigsby, all guys that like after their freshman and even after their second seasons in college, we're like, man, all aboard. This is the next great running back class. And, if you held those guys thinking they're the future of your team when you were in win now mode and you had one of them sitting on your Debbie, then obviously you're kicking yourself now because they could have, you know, you could have traded them for proven NFL production that would have helped you win a championship. Uh, so, and now they're going, you know, third, fourth round of rookie drafts in a lot of cases. So that's the thing is Debbie players have more risk than anybody wants to care to admit. They could get hurt. They could get shredded in the pre-draft process. They could just have a down season. I mean, who knows? Like Sam Howell, like even up to the moment that day one and day two went by on the draft and he wasn't picked, everybody was like, what happened? You know, like he played well in college. I I didn't see any like major red flags on tape. And then all of a sudden he's a fifth round pick and you held on to him and you got nothing. And so there's no insulated value with Debbie picks um debbie players the way that you know if you have a first round pick it's going to be a first round pick uh in a regular dynasty league but if you have travion henderson who's predicted to be a first round pick and then he tears his achilles well now you got nothing right and so um in a win now mode i'm definitely i'm taking the hype on the big debbie names and i'm trading them for proven nfl production so i'm gonna step off the soapbox now but no it, it's it's a great point and i'll go back to a, a league that i'm in where i had Brees hall and he was you know still a year away from the nfl draft and i was able to package him with a, with a couple other guys and get tyreek hill and yeah tyreek hill you know 
had been in the league for a while. He was already established, but it wasn't like I was trading for a guy. Like I wasn't trading for Tyreek Hill right now where he's 29 years old. Mm -hmm. But even then I, you know, I I still think Tyreek Hill, I mean, aside from the potential legal stuff that's happening, he, you know, if, if that clears, he's a great buy because people want to get rid of him because he's 29, but it's like, dude's going to have two or three more years according to him. And and he's going to be elite. It it just, I, but if I'm, if I'm trading for win now, guys, I don't want that guy. That's, you know, it's not a one year win now. I want the guy that, okay, he's got a three year window of, of elite production that will help me win now. And I'm willing to give up that, that top prospect like a Brees Mm -hmm. hall. Yeah. Or whoever. I gave a bunch of examples of guys who like the wheels fell off, you know, Sam Howell or, Zach Evans or whatever, but you're, it's great to throw in Brees Hall. Like, even if it does work out, Brees Hall is like most people's dynasty RB2 or RB3 right now. But you've already got a couple of elite years of production off of Tyreek Hill, and you've got a few more coming. And so if he's helped you win championships, that's worth it to me. You know, that's kind of worst case scenario. You trade away a Debbie asset, and he becomes what Brees Hall has become. And you still feel good about that trade, yeah. so that yeah, yeah, and, and and you know you have to remember too, you know when you're when you're making trades, if you're acquiring a, a really good player, you you have to trade good players to get that, or, or trade mm-hmm. good assets. It doesn't it doesn't work where you get to get get rid of nothing and get get something great yeah. returned. So yeah, I, I'm still happy about it. I mean, sure, I'd like Brees Hall on my team, but I still like like Tyreek Hill on my team. So. All right, we will discuss more Debbie questions in just a minute. But first, I want to make sure you know that the Rookie Big Board is now partnered with Underdog Fantasy Football. This is the best app for fantasy contests. You can join drafts for just $3 and gain a real understanding of seasonal ADP trends. It's like mock drafting, but with something on the line. The entire RBB crew is drafting an underdog daily. You can join us by using the promo code RBB. It will get you a 100% match on your first deposit and help us grow. I'm in the middle of one right now with other RBB people. So it is fun. It's right. I, I just started using underdog just this, this off season and I, I enjoy it. And I like, I like the fact that, you know, it's just a $3 commitment. It's like kind of nothing. It's like, yeah, it's, it's not quite free, but it's, you know, it's, it's good. I like it. So <laughs> next question from, from some guy named Dwight in Michigan uh, if Bo Nix has another good season, what is his likely draft capital? <laughs> of course, he put that one in here. I, I may have made that up. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. He doesn't have time to put in questions in our mailbag. Um, honestly, like I'm, I could see him. I could see a world where he ends up getting first round draft capital. Whoa. I don't. I don't Woo. think likely, but. You're talking about, you know, if you ha- if he has two seasons of elite Power Five production, you know, he could even put himself in the Heisman conversation this year, which you know the rate of like Heisman guys go- going first round is pretty high as well. But he has all the physical tools. He's got a cannon of an arm. He's got the legs. He's you know he's all the physical traits that you're looking for, uh, that the NFL is looking for. He has them. And up to this point, until this past year, he had not been able to put it together on the NFL, on the college level, and so everybody had kind of left him for dead. Um, but he looked great last year, and now he's back. And, yeah, if he looks great again and he does well in the pre-draft process, like I could definitely see his stock rising more than a lot of people think because he kind of became a laughing stock for a little while. But I, I think 
you know, maybe we probably should be taking it more seriously than we are right now. Yeah, I think when it comes to, you know, quarterbacks, you know, we always have, you know, on, in a bad year, you get the the one guy in first round, you know, we had had Pickett last year. And then, you know, a couple of years back, we had the the peak where you've got five guys going in the top 15. Mm-hmm. And, you know, typically it's it's two to three. I think this year was was probably closer to a typical quarterback draft season. But, mm-hmm. you know, the thing you is three there, guys go top four. That's pretty yeah. good. And, but there's always NFL teams that need quarterbacks. I mean, we could, Mm -hmm. you know, run down the list right now and probably come up with a half dozen of teams where you could legit say, oh, yeah, they, they, if the right guy's there in the first round, they're going to, they're going to take them. I mean, yeah, they're thirsty for it. I mean, Will Levis is a guy we both thought not very highly of. And, you know, he slipped out of the first round, but very, very top of the second round is still really good draft capital for a guy that's like not good at quarterback play. So, the NFL's thirsty for it for sure. And, you know, I think the way things are looking right now, it seems pretty likely that Caleb Williams and Drake may are going to go pretty high in the draft. And then after that, there's a lot of dark horses in this class that could slide in. You know, it's like, is it the likeliest thing? Maybe not, but they could. And out of this big group of second tier, probably one or two of them will slip into the first round. And so when I'm mentioning that tier, I think Bo Nix is in it. Uh, I would also throw in uh, KJ Jefferson, uh, Riley Leonard, um, Jordan Travis. Probably throw in um, um, blanking on his name, Michael Penix from Washington. So a lot of those guys have the physical traits and the Power Five production that they could play themselves into that conversation this year. And I think Bo Nix belongs in that group that, that is a kind of a dark horse yeah, to earn yeah. that first round draft capital. Yeah, he's a you know he's a he's going to be an older prospect because he's entering his his fifth season, but you know mm-hmm. really did step up last year. You know, almost seventy two percent completion, thirty six hundred yards. I mean, twenty nine to seven touchdown interception, which was by far and away his his best passing season. So, you know, we need to see that. Plus, he ran the ball for five hundred yards. So, you know, there's there's that with fourteen mm-hmm. touchdowns. So he 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 is a a dual threat. So yeah, if he can back that up again, I think then it just comes down to the, you know, the pre-draft process and can he can he get into first round? So it 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 is it is possible as many times as we've joked about that historically. All right, next next question from Matt H. Is Raheem Sanders the RB1 in the 2024 class and which which running backs are tier 1 in next year's draft? Um he is tier one, and I'm going to say, though, I, I'm in, I think I'm in the minority on this at this point. I still have Travion Henderson as my RB1 in that class. Uh, I, I think he just was hurt for a lot of last year, and he just didn't look like himself. But if you go back to his freshman tape, he looked incredible. He was so explosive. He's doing everything that you want. Showed good pass-catching ability as well at the running back position. And so – I'm a fan of him. I I think um, when I watch Raheem Sanders tape, I see a guy that looks really raw to me. He's big and he's got good receiving ability for being a big guy. And he makes some impressive like cuts and, and breakaway speed in the open field where you're just like a guy that big doesn't seem like he should be moving like that. And so I get the appeal with Raheem Sanders in terms of just, 
the production in the SEC, the size, the receiving ability, being a converted wide receiver, all that kind of stuff. But his vision looks really, really rough to me at times. Um, his change of direction and acceleration at times feels like it leaves a lot to be desired. It feels like he's running in mud sometimes a little bit to me. Um, so it's like he builds up to that really big speed with his big body, but he doesn't always look like he has a ton of juice in the short area. So I have more questions about Sanders than most people do, and I have have Henderson above him, but they are both tier one. I, I agree. I, I also still have Travion Henderson as my RB1, but I do have Sanders as a tier one, and that's it for me. It's just those two and tier one. And the things you said about Sanders, those things are starting to come to light as people are really starting to you know break down the film. And you know I'm hopeful because I'm, I'm a Sanders guy. I do like him. I'm hopeful that some of the the things that he's not as good at at running back as as, as a Henderson or mm-hmm. or maybe a couple of these other you know younger prospects is that he hasn't been playing running back as long. Yeah, he is a exactly right. He's a converted wide receiver. He was actually recruited to to play slot wide receiver, but they switched him to running back, and I, I think that was the right choice because mm-hmm. when you watch him play, like yeah, he's he's definitely a, a running back. But he's but he does thick. need he's to work thick on to be a receiver, <laughs> right? Right. I mean, can you imagine? <laughs> Jeez, but, that be a, a yeah, I said he. I said he looked raw. It's because he is raw. You're right. You're right. He has. Yeah. So the 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 good news is he's getting a lot of reps, and and he's the guy at at Arkansas. Mm-hmm. So we just need him to, you know, work on you know I would say some of that, you know, quick lateral movement, and then and then the the vision is is one that I'm hearing consistently. Yeah. So I, I would I also say he that. goes down a little easier than I want him to for being the size that he is. Um, I mean, he's got prototypical size, but I don't see him like running people over truck stick, carrying defenders. I, I don't see as much of that as I want to see. I'm not saying he never does any of those things, but, um, yeah, if if you follow Brandon Lejeune, I know he's all about the physicality and, uh, and he, I think sometimes it's a pad level thing. Cause again, he converted late and he's still learning the position, um, but so there's definitely times he goes down easier than he should as well. So I, yeah, I, I see all the upside that everybody else sees. I just don't want to overlook the the question marks either. Right, right. And if you're not following Brandon Lejeune, you should be. You definitely uh, should be. <laughs> seriously, I, Brandon's awesome and and love those guys. And yeah, he's. I believe he's it's known- at Debbie Deep Dive on Twitter. Right, which he should change to at Debbie Reaper. Uh, but <laughs> he he will be honest, and and he's not afraid to come out and and take some shots at everyone's favorite prospects. But hey, he calls it like he sees it, and and I really respect that. So yeah, I I think he he and and you, Matt, have brought up some really good points on Raheem the Rocket Sanders. Last question here: After Marvin Harrison Jr., which wide receivers make up your next tier? That tier two, and yes, I'm putting Harrison on a tier by himself. As you should, as you should. Uh, for me, it's two guys. It's Egbuka and Evan Stewart, and that's the end of Tier 2 for me. Um, I think Stewart has separated himself enough from the other 2026 wide receivers based on what he did as a freshman. I know some people still want to put Burden in that conversation, but Luther Burden, uh, while he did a lot in terms of kick returns and punt returns and gadgety type stuff, he did not show me nearly as much as a wide receiver as Evan Stewart did. Uh, I think Stewart belongs in a tier by himself in terms of the 2025 guys right now. And um, 
And when you look at the other 2024 guys outside of Harrison, Buka is the most proven by far. You might be able to throw Worthy into that tier from an analytics standpoint. Worthy's done a ton. There's question marks with Worthy about physicality and his hands. He's got some major drop issues. And so um, uh, to me, it's Buka and Stewart. And and then there's a cutoff for me or a drop off rather. Okay. I, I got a bigger, a bigger tier two. Um, I have both of those guys in there. I, I think, you know, the Bo Nix's, you know, favorite target at Oregon, Troy Franklin okay. is a guy that people are going to really start to like getting into the 2024 draft because he's eligible next year. I mean, he's got, he's got that size that, that people love at six, two, a little thin at one, one seventy, maybe one eighty, but, but you know, that can get better, but you just, you, he's not, no one's going to get taller. Um, going the, the other direction as far as, you know, just the speed and quickness. I love Barry and Brown at Kentucky mm. and he's electric. I wish I had more copies on my Debbie, Debbie rosters. I did pick up oh, one no, in a wow. draft this year, but <laughs> man, he is, he is fun to watch. You mentioned Xavier worthy. I, I still have him in there and I, I'm hoping he bounces back from a, from a down sophomore year to have a, a really good, you know, third season here in his, his junior year. Malik neighbors came on at LSU last year. And I think there could be first round discussion because when I watch Malik neighbors, I, I see a guy that NFL teams are going to really like, he just, he, he, he runs routes. He gets open quickly. He, he makes difficult catches. He can run over the middle. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's, he's that kind of receiver that we're seeing more and more NFL teams covet and, and put high, higher draft capital into and then I'm not afraid, you know, I'm not afraid to put in, you know, some of these, some of these incoming freshmen. I know tier two seems aggressive, but I really love this class. You know, Zachariah Branch, we talked about him, both Ennis and Tate at, at Ohio state. I, I loved their film mm-hmm. and it probably won't take long before John Tate cook at, at Texas gets into there too. But those, those are my guys that it's a big tier okay. two. And I think that'll, That'll work itself out this season, but I I think the reason that I have it the way that I have it is because I would take Stewart and uh, Agbuka in the first round of Devi startup, and I wouldn't take any of those guys uh, that you just mentioned. You know, those are rounds two and three, and they're guys that I really like getting in rounds two and three and have a lot of shares of. um, But they're just not guys that that I see as first round Devi startup players right now. They're not the guys that I see as being the number one and two guys after Harrison graduates, you know? So, um, yeah, that's just kind of how I have it with, with that thin second tier, but third and fourth tier for me would be full of a lot of the guys that you just mentioned. Ted McMillan as well. Yeah. Um, he's, he's tier three, high tier three for me as well. So yeah. All right. I, I like it. Um, great stuff. Thank you again to Raza Delta and Bex for throwing those questions. And then for Dwight and Matt, for letting me use your names in this one, even though I didn't ask <laughs> Matt, great to, to great to have you back. Great to be back on the air. We're going to be a little more regular here coming up. Although you said you're, you're busy next week, but I will, I will get a podcast next week. I apologize uh, for missing last week. I just, my real job took, took control of my life a little more aggressively than I, than normal. So hopefully things have settled down there, but once again, everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you have not already do us a favor and leave a five-star review on whichever podcast app you are using. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss any of the RBB action. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone. Take care. Peace.